Hi, this is Bria Barthel for Hudson Mohawk Magazine, talking once again with Ian Houck, Head of Reference and Adult Services for Troy Public Library at 102nd Street, to get some books that may intrigue some of you listeners. Ian, what do you have for us? Well, uh, as I usually do, I have a graphic novel with me. Uh, This time it is Reckless by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. This is a classic noir story, but set in the 1980s Los Angeles. We have our main character, Ethan Reckless. He is a former FBI agent who has... who had infiltrated a separatist anti-war group, but now, later on, after an explosion, finds himself drawn back in to some of its members to solve another mystery. Ethan himself being a bit of a fixer, take uh, depending on the price you're willing to pay and his mood that day, he'll take on just about any job, from repossessing a car to uh, intimidating someone you'd rather not have around. And it hits all the classic noir beats of uh, the, sh- you know, the dark main character, the paper spread out on the desk with a bottle of whiskey, plenty of smoking among the characters, and getting jumped by uh, some hired hands when you get too close to the mystery. So it's a great, uh, exciting graphic novel read uh, for the uh, adult audience, and uh, we are continuing the series uh, as we move along. The cover shows somebody holding a bloody hatchet and a car catching fire, and uh, I don't know if it's the time period it's set in or if this is just um, an older, it's not an older book, but it has the main character going to a phone booth. When's the last time you saw one of those? Um, in my lifetime, not since the early 2000s in my uh, small hometown. <laughs> Great. And what's next? Next, we have A Private Spy, The Letters of John Lacar, edited by Tim Cornwell. Uh, John Lacar, of course, being one of the prominent espionage thriller writers uh, that we all know of. Uh, writing most of the British uh, espionage theory himself, John Lacar being an MI5 in MI5 uh, at a time in his life. But this is a collection of personal letters that were collected from his life, and it has a lot of interesting personal things. We sometimes think the spies would be. Um, you know, the Mar- we think of the James Bond version of a British spy, but this is a personal day-to-day reckoning of what this author is. And it goes all the way from, like, the mundane of he was writing a friend to ask to take care of, you know, a pet bird for a while, just like you and I would ask our neighbor to take care of a cat, to some really funny lines that, in a British sense of humor, you would love. Uh, he begins one letter with a darling. Left Brussels this morning at 5 a.m., having spent an acutely uncomfortable night in a small hotel exactly like the one in Genevieve. Do you remember? The clock struck, the plumbing went wrong. It was all, above all, it was too hot that in desperation, I finally left and drove the car off. <laughs> Um, So you look into the interesting personal life of this man writing these thrilling spy novels that uh, 
many of us have read and some of which have turned into movies, uh, most famously um, The Spy That Came In From The Cold. He wrote a lot of letters. It's 630 pages just of the letters, and then there's Coda with more information, a 50-page index at the end. So this is for real John Le Carre fans. Next. Next is a uh, science book, Endless Forms, The Secret World of Wasps by Syrian Sumner. Now, this book, I will say, is not going to make you love wasps, but it will teach you a bit more about them and um, give you a new look at them, even if you still don't come along favorably. Um, Now, she does talk about the history of the wasp. Um, and how it's been used in the past, uh, when, things we even forget about, like being used in Agatha Christie's own writing, the wasp mess. And um, often she, they are um, comparing the wasp to what we would rather talk about, I believe, bees. And um, actually learned that the wasp has been a long been around on the planet longer than the bee and is actually one of its um, predecessors. The wasp has been around since the Jurassic period and has diverted off into the many different forms, including the lovable bees that we all know today. The wasp, as we all know, a bit more aggressive, but we can imagine that coming from a bit more of an aggressive time period, having evolved that long. And there are some interesting things you'll learn in this book, like Uh, The author gives you two word bubbles, one for the bee and one for the wasp, just to see the comparison of the two. The bee is associated with pollination, buzzing, flowers, sunshine, summer. The wasp, but the very first thing is aggressive, stinging, (laughs) uh, annoying, pest. So you see the comparison uh, socially of the two insects, but... They really want to come to the defense of the wasp and talk about their complex social structures, um, why they evolved the way they did, how they all evolved differently, and how um, there are many different versions of the wasp, just as there are with the uh, the bee. You know, uh, talks about the migration of the uh, Asian wasp coming into Europe, but then also talking about how they can grow to such an immense size in the tropical region that they could almost be um, compared to small birds. (laughs) Wait, say that again? A wasp as big as a small bird? In the tropical regions, they can grow up to that size, according to the author. I may never go to the tropics again. There's also some interesting color photo inserts. Uh, One is showing a whole bunch of different kinds and shapes of wasp nests um, and wasps interacting, possibly eating different spiders and critters and things. Uh, You got to love science and nature to love this book. And again, it's heaps of details. So it's 340 some pages about wasps, but it looks interesting. Thank you. And the, the Up next book is We Spread by Ian Reed. This is a novel about an aging artist who moves after what are referred to as a few incidents in um, the in their later life, moves to a uh, 
a care facility, but it's a care facility with only four residents in it. And the creeping sense you get from the book is both about, I believe, um, the aging of the artist and aging as a person living in life, but they also uh, bring into the idea of the, the forest surrounding the house they all live in, how time stands still, but also creeps in, uh, how you can feel the age, how you, uh, how time feels differently the more you've lived through it. And there is a bit of a kind of mystery element to it as um, our main character kind of begins to feel uneasy in their new life living in this house, um, whether it be through the mystery kind of of the forest around them, but also just the people uh, around them at the moment. And it is an exciting read that both reads quickly, but you feel the illusion of time in the writing. Uh, by that, I mean the paragraphs or the dialogue are very cut up. There's a lot of what we would call white space on the page between the sections you're reading. So you feel like you're moving through the page very quickly, but that I believe it feels like it helps with the distortion of the perception of time. Very interesting. And I'm looking at the blurbs on the back of the book and they use words like hypnotic transmission, mysterious novel, suspenseful, philosophically rich. Thanks for calling this to our attention. And Ian, as always, thanks for your uh, great suggestions and thanks for sharing it with us. Yes, thank you for having me. This is Bria Barthel for Hudson Mohawk Magazine talking with Ian Houck, Reference and Adult Services Librarian at Troy Public Library Main Branch at 102nd Street to find these books, to find information on lots of other stuff going on at the library. Visit their website, thetroylibrary.org. Use the word the at the beginning or else you'll get Troy in some other state.